Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Armor Report. It's um, Wednesday morning. Thanks for joining me. Wednesday afternoon, I guess, 12 o'clock. This is a show about stock market investing. Armor stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. And so while it's true, central banks are just adding liquidity and markets just keep going up forever and nobody has to think anymore, we do, on this trading desk, use algorithms to manage risk. At any given moment, no matter what central banks are doing, markets can have vicious corrections. So what we do is we use algorithms to protect our capital and still capture upside. All the information I'm sharing with you is something I'm using for my own personal capital and for that of individual investors that I work with. Manage all the assets through interactive brokers. Anybody that has assets at IB can work with us. Um, I should probably start off every show with this simple disclaimer, and I think you guys know this, but I'm just going to share it again. And I say it on most of our shows. Uh, I don't know you. I can't tell you how to invest. I'm sharing information with you from 30 years of doing this, managing my own money and that of investors. If you really want me to help you with your portfolio, then you got to give me a call. We can go over your risk tolerance, your profile, your assets, and really come up with an investing plan. So these YouTube videos are not designed for you to then listen to what I say and run out and buy something or short something. This is designed to help you understand how algorithms can manage your risk. Whether I'm talking about going long the indexes, short the indexes, buying cannabis stocks, my favorite group, all of these things that I discuss are centered around protecting capital and managing risk while giving us the opportunity to capture upside if it's there. So just take these YouTube videos for how they're intended it's to put management of risk at the top of your mind. It's to help you get on the right side of probability and statistics. It's to help you capture upside when the reward is big enough for the risk being taken. It's not a crystal ball. Everything I say is going to make money. Obviously, nobody in the world can do that. Anybody who tells you that is lying to you. We live in a world of probabilities. Our job is to get on the right side of those probabilities. So we're right the majority of the time. Not all the time. Okay. I am going to be just, let me just mention this on the 21st next Thursday, I will be presenting basically um, a live session with investors at the Palm Beach Gardens Library, PGA Library. That's in Palm Beach, obviously, Florida. If anybody's down here, wants to meet me, wants to join us in this investing seminar about cannabis. I feel it's so important that we understand the magnitude of the opportunity in this theme that I've decided to take this off of YouTube and go into a setting where I could sit down and meet with people and kind of have like a town hall meeting. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to answer anybody's questions in the crowd that happens to want to uh, understand more about investing in cannabis stocks. And I'm going to walk you through 
step by step why I believe this is a major investment theme, how the theme breaks down, and what the risks are. So please join me if you can. I've tweeted it out, and I'll tweet it out every day up until um, up until Thursday, the location and the time and, and those types of things. If you have any questions, you can always direct message me on Twitter. It's at Brett Rosenthal, hashtag Armor Reports, where you can follow me. Of course, our website, RosenthalCapital.com, has our phone number. So just give me a call, and I'll be happy to chat with you and, and let you know the details. All right, today's show, we're going to go over, of course, the number one topic, um, which has been the retest of the December lows. So I'm going to look at the indexes, look at the algorithms, decide how we want to proceed from here. And then I'm going to go into the cannabis space again. I'm spending a lot of time doing research on this space. And I had a one-on-one -on -one meeting with management of one of my favorite um, companies, Charlotte's Web. It's a hemp extract company. I actually use the product. And that's really um, what's made me interested in the, in the equity. So I'll share with you some interesting information I, I got from that meeting. One particular piece of information that I think everyone needs to be aware of when it comes to investing in hemp products. Um, and we're also going to go over some big news today that came out on a couple of the names that are at the top of our leaderboard when it comes to, you know, there's a lot of cannabis companies. So how do you invest in this space? Well, what we're doing is building our list of our top 10 names, and we're looking at those names. Again, this is not a recommendation for you to run out and buy the names. These are just names that are on our whiteboard. You have to look at your own risk tolerance, decide how you want to put money to work on your own. Unless, of course, we're working together, and then I can, I can help you with that. Um, okay, so without further ado, let's jump in, you know, hip deep to this retest of the December lows that we thought we were going to see, and we had a, a five-day sell-off. Um, market's blowing out in the last couple of days. I said yesterday that the key will be, is there any follow through from the big up day on Monday? Yesterday, there wasn't. Today, there is. And the other key it will be, how does the week end? If there's a big sell-off in the back half of the week, then the retest is still um, expected. But if this follow through continues and we just rock it to the end of the week, then all bets are off when it comes to retests. I'd say there is no retest. Um, we are in the process of reducing our shorts. We started first thing this morning and we did it with the NASDAQ 100, which closed right at our stop yesterday. I wanted to see how it would open today, open stronger, cut that position out immediately. So we are, we are only in our index now, in our portfolios, we're only short um, the Dow and the small cap index. Again, and I say this on every single YouTube video and every podcast, shorting's not for most people. I do not recommend it. It's very difficult to make money short. There's nothing wrong with just holding a lot of cash in an environment like this where volatility is enormous. Markets hit air pockets. There seems to be no liquidity. Market implodes. And all of a sudden, for whatever reasons and a couple of you have shared your opinions with me. You feel central banks are just constantly buying the market. The market goes up. Whatever you think, whatever the reasons are, um, certainly since the Fed in December changed his tune, 
markets have been stronger. It's just January and February, guys, right? So now we're into the beginning of March, middle of March, I guess. So it's only two and a half months of that. So let's see where we are, you know, in the next couple of months. I think we all have a tendency to look at the minutia and look at the bark of the tree on every single second of trading. And you have to take a step back and look at the bigger picture. And the market's been in a correction since September. Um, so it's yet to take out those highs, right? Now, the NASDAQ 100 is the strongest index. So we don't need to stay short there. Uh, if the whole market were to reverse here and close lower by the end of the day, we'd have a decision to make. We may put that trade back on. You see, short selling is inherently dangerous. So we always have tight stops here. And we're more than willing to put the trade back out if the market proves that we need to do that. And we don't like to be short very often. On a lot of our accounts, we just hold a lot of cash when we feel that there's not what we call uniformity of movement, whether it's on a day trading level or a multi-day level or an investment level. When the markets are breaking out, I like U of M. I like to see all four indexes behaving the same. And what we've got right now is a real split in the market or the favorite you know, word on financial networks, a bifurcation, right? We've got the S&P and the NASDAQ 100 going up. NASDAQ's broken out to a new high. S&P's right at the old high. Recent, you know, this recent rally in the last, you know, January. So let's call it 2019 highs. S&P's back to it. NASDAQ 100's above it. Small caps in the Dow are definitely way below their highs. Now, we know the reasons for the Dow. So Dow 30, it's 30 stocks. One of those stocks is Boeing, and they're having serious problems. And so it's really wrecking the performance of that um, index at the moment. Small caps are a different animal. They are the canary in the coal mine. They were the first to break down in September. It's why we were out there telling you to protect capital at the beginning of October. It's why we beat every single index at the end of the year in our model portfolios at Interactive Brokers. You can look at our website, rosenthalcapital.com, and I show you what we're doing in each of those model portfolios. A percentage. I show you percentages of where we have investments. Of course, I don't reveal the stocks that we own, but that's for clients. But if you want to get a basic idea of where we are, we have whiteboard investments, which are individual stocks where we've done research that we like the theme. Then we have theme investments, cannabis, energy, precious metals sometimes. And then we have index exposure or we have treasuries. And you can see how we're laid out. And then recently, just in the last Two weeks, we've been short. It's rare that we get short. But every now and then when we see what we think is a turn, um, and it has not been successful, right? We're, we're basically break-even on the whole position. We're down a little bit on the Qs. We're still making money on the, S, uh, on the small caps and the Dow. Net-net, it's a wash right now. So we're kind of at the decision point. We can exit the position, no harm, no foul. We were able to hedge our portfolio in case there was a big retest. If that's not happening, I can lift that hedge. This is all about managing risk, guys. Okay, don't forget this is a live trading desk. So I'm looking off screen right now. I One of the stocks that I'm trying to position right now is, is – um, 
running away. We're going to see if I want to. And it's in the cannabis space. We're going to talk about these stocks in a minute. Um, I'm not going to chase it right now. What time is it? 12 o'clock? Now's not a time to chase. I like to buy things on VWAPs, volume weighted average prices. And when assets get two, three, four standard deviations away from the volume weighted average price, I don't pay up for that. Much better to pay two, three, four standard deviations below the VWAP, right? But at the very least, the volume weighted average price is where institutions are executing orders. That's where the real liquidity is. And the rest is just noise. So I strongly suggest that you, if you are in there making the trading decisions on a day-to-day basis, figure out how to identify the VWAP. Now we use our proprietary VWAP that we've created. So Rosenthal Capital Management Volume Weighted Average Price. Um, we feel it's a bit more effective than the average VWAP off the shelf. But at the very least, know what the average VWAP is off the shelf. So you're not paying too far above it. See, in the old days, when I first got into the business in the 1990s, really in the 1980s, um, it's been, been in my family for 50, 60 years now investing. So it's, you know, I've been involved in this space ever since I was a youngster. First stock I ever bought was Pillsbury because I liked their products. I was in, I was in, uh, I think I was in the freshman in high school. So I bought Pillsbury. I liked the Doughboy. I liked the products. A month later, they were taken over at double the value. I looked at my dad and I said, this is easy. I got to get into this racket. I've been chasing that winner ever since. Every now and then I catch it. It's been a good 30-year ride. That's what got me involved, guys. Okay. Um, so just to wrap up the section of the show about, you know, our hedge positions and what we're looking at from a market standpoint and stalking the bear market, like I like to say. Um, it's not really a bear market. We've been in a correction since September. We're still in that correction with wild volatility in between. It's why our algorithms are still telling us to carry a lot of cash. Extreme volatility, uh, lack of liquidity. And so the risk part of our risk reward equation is still too great. And I'm not willing to put a lot of capital to work, but we can go out there and take our shots, right? So, you know, we own shares of iRobot. I told you about that at 90, the stock trained at 125, and it did that in nine days. So there are names on our whiteboard that we're willing to put money into. We like the cannabis space. We're long, you know, as you know, the energy space through AMLP, picking up a yield there. There's things that we'll do in this market. So when our algorithms say risk off, it doesn't mean you got to sell everything. It just means be advised the volatility is fierce right now. And the entry points don't make a lot of sense. And the other problem that I'm having is this, this non-uniformity of movement. Whether it's on a day trade level or a multi-day investment level, breakouts that really lead to sustainable moves higher in the market, you generally see that happen across the board. The Dow, small caps, NASDAQ, the S&P will all start moving in unison. And we're not getting that right now. We're getting kind of all over the place. So jury's still out. 
Still waiting for the end of the week. I haven't reduced all of my shorts yet, but we've cut back some. And we're no worse for wear on putting that position on to hedge our risk. Today's close is going to be interesting. Okay. Let's get to everybody's favorite part of the show. It's called cannabis. It's called marijuana. It's called hemp. Okay. This continues to be a major focus of our research desk here. There are some big announcements today. I'll get to them in a minute. Let's just go over um, the Charlotte's Web interview I had yesterday with management. And I've, I call them periodically. Like I said, I take the product. I think it's a great product. Uh, it's a really interesting story. CNN did a documentary about Charlotte's Web. You can just Google CNN Charlotte's Web. You'll get the YouTube video. I think it's worth watching. It's very emotional. It's absolute proof that cannabidiol has health benefits and can and can do a lot to cure, in this case, people, children who have epilepsy. Reduces inflammation in the brain, apparently. But I, I was particularly talking about the differences between what GW Pharmaceutical is doing and what Charlotte's Web is doing. I was trying to get an understanding. You all know GW Pharmaceutical. They got an FDA approval for the use of CBD to treat um, childhood epilepsy. That's great for the space. It, it, it legitimizes CBD as a meaningful compound to treat different types of diseases. But here's the thing about that. My question to the management of Charlotte's Web was, Charlotte's Web made their name by producing a hemp extract that helped cure kids, Charlotte, in fact, who have epilepsy. So does the approval for GW Pharmaceuticals epilepsy drug, does it worry them about their business? And here's the answer. I thought it was very interesting. And this piece of information, I had a long conversation with them. I'm going to distill it down to a piece of information that I think we all need to pay attention to when we're making investments in the space. The management of Charlotte's Web is very happy that GW Pharmaceutical paid millions of dollars to do clinical trials to prove cannabidiol has health benefits. When they did that, first of all, let me start over. First of all, the business that Charlotte's Web is doing with um, treating childhood epilepsy is minuscule when it comes to their revenue. So this is a consumer um, packaged goods company that is selling hemp extract to address much larger markets, things like sleep disorders, you know, things like inflammation, um, rheumatoid arthritis, all these other things. 
They don't have any FDA approvals on anything, and they're not trying to get it. They are a hemp extract company, which falls under, in the FDA, it falls under um, a supplement, like any other supplement you might buy. You could buy fish oil supplement, right? You could buy CoQ10, okay? So that's a whole different part of the FDA. It doesn't require multiple millions of dollars to prove anything. Um, certain type of labeling on the bottle, hemp extract, and then go after multi-billion dollar market sizes. So while it is curing children of their epilepsy problems, that's a very small part of their revenue. But I was asking them the differences between the products. and This was the key. When GW Pharmaceutical completed their trials and got approval, It's very interesting, and it's, it's, it's going to be very disruptive for other companies in this business, companies we don't own, okay? CBD isolate is now considered a drug by the FDA, which means it requires trials, clinical trials, and approval from the FDA if you're going to use it to treat anything, if you're going to advertise about it, if you're going to say, here's a bottle of CBD isolate and it can cure your headaches, the FDA is going to say, sorry, you cannot sell that. That's the game-changing piece of information a lot of people don't understand about the GW Pharmaceutical approval. It was a great approval. Fantastic. GW Pharmaceutical is going to go through other approvals processes and get other approvals for CBD isolate. So therefore, the, the um, supplement business needs to be full spectrum hemp extract. If you're not selling full-spectrum hemp extract, then you fall under a different part of the FDA that says an isolate is a drug and it needs approval if you're going to claim it does things. So we have, a, we have two separate markets now, and this is what's difficult about understanding the hemp CBD extract space. Before GW Pharmaceutical went through that process, kind of a gray area, maybe all considered one thing. But now that it's been approved, it's been determined that CBD isolate is a drug that needs FDA approval. Very important. So think about that piece of information when you're making investments. Companies that are advertising CBD products on the shelf and saying this will help cure you are actually in violation of what the FDA wants. And so there's a risk there, okay? At some point, the FDA may, we think they're going to step in and make some changes to what companies can do. Be aware of that risk. That's the piece of information I'm sharing with you from that meeting. Now, before I run out of time, let's go over the most important pieces of information today. Okay, in the last week, we have two very important high-profile announcements. And I just 
Share it with you on this show. I assume because you're an investor or an, int- or an interested party in cannabis, you know these stories. If you're following me on Twitter, I've been tweeting them out, but I want to just emphasize. Martha Stewart teams up with Canopy. We already know Snoop Dogg is part of Canopy. These are high-profile people. But Martha Stewart is a consumer packaged person extraordinaire. And today, we get an announcement Nelson Peltz is joining Aurora. ACB is the symbol. Getting stock options that would make him the second largest shareholder, the exercises. I think the, the stock, the options exercise at seven, $7.50, I think. Stock is trading right now at eight seventy five. Okay. Nelson Peltz, just to put it in perspective, this guy is an activist investor. He's been doing it for decades. He's highly respected in the industry, and he focuses on consumer packaged companies. One of his biggest holdings, he has $3.6 billion stake in Procter & Gamble. Do you see how important this announcement is? Mondelez. He used to own Pepsi. He's got a big position in Wendy's. But the point is, this guy knows consumer packaged products. He's coming on as, as a strategic partner. And I think the inference is you're going to see some interesting announcements over the next 12 months between Aurora and big consumer package companies that are trying to get into the space and pharmaceutical companies that are trying to get into the space, guys. We are at the very beginning of a major investment super cycle. It's not going to be easy. There's going to be risk. There's going to be sell-offs that are frustrating. But every day we get another news announcement, another piece of, of information where there's a movement. Just because the U.S. hasn't decriminalized marijuana on a um, federal level, just look around. I think there's 36 countries in the world now that have decriminalized it. We know what's going on in Canada. We know what the states are doing. I just read today that New Jersey is in the process of um, allowing, they've started the process to vote for and pass the ability to allow adult use marijuana. New York is right behind it. This is happening. Then you get a guy like Nelson Peltz join up with Aurora. That's big for that company. Doesn't mean the stocks are going to go up today. I'm not telling you to run out there and buy it. I'm just trying to share with you the importance and the pieces of the puzzle that are coming together. You want to own some of your favorite names, and then you want to be there with a basket when there's bad news that comes out that wrecks the stocks, and you want to buy the weakness. I said yesterday we were looking for our algorithms to give us buy signals on these on some particular stocks. Um, we already have our core positions on some of our favorite names. We did not get that buy signal yesterday. And I'll tell you what, with the exception of, I mean, Aurora's are we already have that position on. Um, the stocks are mixed today. They're really mixed. You know, Canopy's down 1.5%. Aurora's up 10%. Kronos is down a little bit. So, 
Um, the other piece of news that I thought was important to, to, to mention is that we're getting consolidation in the space. Uh, there's a company, a Canadian company called Hexo, which has a joint venture with Molson Canadian. And they just bought a company called um, New Strike Brands, which was a small company. Now, last quarter, Hexo did revenue was um, yeah, $5.7 million for the quarter. was up 300-some-odd percent. They're now projecting that they'll do north of $400 million by July of 2020 after this acquisition. That's like massive growth. And you add to that that they have a joint venture with Molson Canadian, and this is why it's on our radar to do research. Very important acquisition. But I think these consolidation is going to continue in the space. And there's going to be winners and losers. you got to do your homework and and you know, take your time building out your positions. So I hope that helps for today. That's the piece of information I thought you guys should have uh, on the cannabis space. I'll talk to you again tomorrow. We'll keep watching this market to see if this is the, you know, if we take out the highs across the board and all these indexes, then, hey, guess sky's the limit. Probably going to make new highs, take out the Septembers. But if the market rolls over by the end of the week, then we're still in this bit of a downtrend, bit of a correction. So keep your eye out. I'll talk to you again as soon as information warrants. Take care.